Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. Coming off the bench, second string, your turn to do the introduction to the podcast. Exactly. Welcome to episode 81 of Degenerates Clubhouse, presented by... Uh, uh, Michelob Ultra. Have we started? Yeah. Oh, that that was real. Okay. <laughs> I was like, clearly he's just joking, and then when we start, he'll do the real intro. That was it. Yeah, but, you, you didn't hear we got sponsored by Michelob Ultra. I mean that that would be fantastic. What what does this sponsorship entail? <laughs> it, it it entails me buying Michelob Ultra and then drinking it. I, I don't think you understand how sponsorships work. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Damn. In that case, we're not sponsored by Michelob Ultra. No, no. I think I think we're sponsor. We are sponsoring Michelob Ultra. The way you've you've described this, Michelob Ultra, sponsored by the De- De- Degenerates Clubhouse, or half of the Degenerates Clubhouse. It's, it's a very small sponsorship. I don't even know why I chose Michelob Ultra. I don't even drink that that beer. I just I couldn't think of it's, I couldn't think of anything. It's because you know we we want to support small businesses like Michelob Ultra. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure they're doing okay. Yeah. Because, you know, it's it's hard in these tough times for alcohol <laughs> vendors yeah. to, to sell their wares. And we're just doing our part, apparently. I think uh, I think booze sales went, didn't they like skyrocket uh, on the onset of COVID? Because like people were just locked indoors and they couldn't do anything else but drink. There was a lot of day drinking going on for sure. Did you ever day drink during COVID? Absolutely a lot, a lot. Because for work... As an outside sales rep, it was like, hey, you know, you're not allowed to visit customers and stuff. So you're working from home, calling people on the phone and like, you know. Wait, so you're day drinking and then calling customers? I'm at home. I'm at home. They can't smell the alcohol in my breath. They don't know if I'm fucked up or not. I'm just picturing this like drunken cough like, hey, no, no, you no, no. won't buy a hose? <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't get like hammered. I would I would get like a good healthy butt. Like I knew I had to be able to write things down if they talked to me or whatever. It was like I had to be intelligible. I knew I there was like like so, so, so that was that was your your baseline. If I can still master written language yeah then, then i'm okay and then speak without <laughs> slurring too bad then the, yeah i'm pretty good yeah but see that's the tricky part with that is if you're inebriated you may think you're speaking without slurring and in actuality is not so good i was fine and and i also because i didn't have to like see people people didn't see me i didn't see them i shaved the before i shaved my head uh hair off completely i had like a fake dorky mohawk for a while that i rocked for like probably three three months six <laughs> months you're making sales call mohawk what, what, what was your dress your pj's just shirts yeah. And t-shirt yeah yeah mohawk pj's day drinking making making sales calls absolutely How, did you get a lot of sales during that time i did you know but 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 in general sales took a dip from from the entire nation like it wasn't just like everyone's sales took a dip because mm-hmm. of covid so mine were like on par with that dip. It wasn't like I was like selling more. I was just keeping up with the <laughs> keeping up with the supply and demand and all that shit. Anyway. All right. Well, this episode not sponsored by Michelob Ultra. Michelob Ultra is sponsored by half of the Degener- Degenerates Clubhouse. I can't even say the word anymore. Uh, anyway, we're going to do a, we'll go back to a beautiful, beautiful segment of Degenerates history. And this month, this this. This one will feature the Marquis de Sade. Yeah. I mean, this this guy might be like just peak degenerate. Not in a good way, though. I th- I, I like the degenerates where there's like something almost kind of lovable about them. Yeah. Like we like Hans Christian Andersen and his masturbation diary. That that was that was almost endearing in a really perverse way. Marquis de Sade, uh, well, let's let's get into it. Uh Donatien Alphonse Francois. I'm not a French speaker. You're a French speaker, so I may have fucked that up. I'm, I'm un petit peu a French speaker. Donatien Alphonse Francois J- just, Comte de Sade. Just do it with the Spanish pronunciation, though. <laughs> to make it funny. No. Uh, Donatien Alfonso <laughs> Franc- Francois Comte de Sade. 
Nice. <laughs> Better known to history as the Marquis de Sade from 1740-1814 was a French aristocrat who became so notorious for his deviant sexual practices, perversions, and erotic writings, which combined pornography with philosophy and violent sexual fantasies, that his name gave rise to the term sadist and sadism. Okay. Ah. I didn't know that. How crazy is that? I didn't know that either. This dude was so fucked up. They're like, we have to invent a new word. <laughs> yeah. You it, like you like putting things in your butt while simultaneously pinching your nipples and piercing some chick's clit. Okay. We just got insight into Mondo's Pornhub. Uh, save, are there save videos in Pornhub? I'm no. Assuming. Wait. So, so wait. Hold on. So if, if there was going to become... Uh, like uh, Mondoist or Mondoism, what, what would that describe? Sadist is obviously someone who's just like, just Mondoism. It would be, it'd be, it'd be uh, sitting on the couch, uh, watching movies and playing video games while masturbating simultaneously. Okay, that, we're just gonna move on from that. <laughs> that was too much. I because we're we're sitting not far away from Mondo's uh, living room. Yeah. So I, I had like a vivid mental image of everything happening. I'm like, oh yeah, he's right on that couch. He's playing video. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. Let's moving on. Moving on. Back to the Marquis de Sade. Dick in one hand. Okay. No. No. I don't need any more. <laughs> Xbox controller in the other. Please stop. <laughs> Uh, an advocate of radically unrestrained freedom, Desaad's sexual fantasies, emphasis on violence, criminality, and blasphemy, and his real life partaking in criminally violent sexual practices kept him behind bars in prisons and insane asylums for most of his adult life. He spent 32 years behind bars, including 10 years in the, in the Bastille. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. If you don't clean up your act, Mondo, that's that's what's waiting for you. 32 years in stop, jail. Stop jerking off to Elden Ring. <laughs> Dude, there's some partial nudity in that. That's Anyway, he was addicted to prostitutes from early on and even more addicted to mistreating them. In early 19... I'm sorry, early 1760s, he first appears in the record after numerous Paris prostitutes complained of his mistreatment, which led to several short jail stints before he was exiled from Paris to his countryside residence. The details of the abuse are murky, but the fact that a French aristocrat ended up behind bars based on his treatment of prostitutes indicates seriousness. Yeah, for real. Like, how fucked up do you have to be where in, in you know, what, what did it say, 1760? Yeah. Where, like, they're going to the, the French, what did it, I think they were called, like, the constabulary or something. And the prostitutes are like, oh, no, this man is very bad. And they're like, get yeah, prostitutes, get out of there. And then they tell them what they did. And they're like, oh, no, <laughs> this is terrible. Uh-huh. Tremal. Tremal? Is that how you say it? Very bad. Uh, his first big scandal occurred in 1768 when he lured a street beggar to his home with an offer of housekeeping job, then tore off her clothes, tied her to a sofa, and alternated between flogging and pouring hot wax on her. His victim finally escaped without a second floor window. Out of a second floor out window. Out of a second floor window. But his family made the ensuing investigation go away with a royal decree that removed the case from the jurisdiction of the court's this is not unlike what could and probably has happened in real life. Like, think about it. How many fucking like all the whole Epstein? Or, uh, well, this this did happen in real life, but yeah. you mean you mean more recently? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How how did how how uh, how many fucking like people of power or you know whatever got away with some pretty? The, well, the difference now is I think there's there's a lot more legal proceedings. So he'd be like. If you know, if if this was now, the Marquis decided would, <laughs> would be like, "All right, housekeeper, uh, I'm gonna hire you, but I'm gonna need you to sign this non-disclosure agreement yeah. about your housekeeping." And she's like, "Oh, why, why do we need the non-disclosure agreement? Don't don't sh- just just sign it." And then you know, flash forward to uh, she's jumping out a second-story window. Jesus, like that's really bad. I I I, I think nowadays you couldn't probably get away with the level of what he's doing. Again, if you're from a uh, you know powerful family or you've got lots of money, some of this stuff can get hush hushed or you know swept under the carpet or oh, and it definitely does. I just don't know to that level. Like, I don't think you can just kidnap somebody straight off the street, like torture them. And I mean, they're, they're, I think they're I think they've gotten a little bit more uh, devious, and I, and I say just a little bit because yeah, some of the stuff they do is pretty outrageous. Another scandal followed in 1772 when Desaad and his body body servant <laughs> sodomized prostitutes in Marseille's Marseille after in Marseille incapacitating them with doses of Spanish fly 
<laughs> so so, so that, that's what I learned. I'm like, oh, wait, apparently Spanish fly is a real thing. Yeah. Or it was. But, like, what what is in it? Mm. I, I mean, a, I thought it, it was just supposed to be, like, an aphrodisiac. It kind of is. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were briefly discussing uh, Bill Cosby and how Bill Cosby, like, had an actual joke about Spanish fly. Fast forward, you know, 20 years later. And uh-huh. The dude's drugging chicks and boning him. He did a little cocktail. Uh, anyway, they skipped the trial, fled to Italy, and were sentenced to death in absentia. They were caught and imprisoned in Savoy, but escaped after a few months and hid in the Saad's rural castle in southeast France. As you do. Because everyone has a castle, you know? Uh, there. M- mine is in Colorado Springs. <laughs> you have a castle in Colorado Springs? Yeah. You don't? No. Fucking get on it, Mando. Isn't, what are you doing with your life? Isn't the Springs kind of... I don't know. I've never... I don't know that I've spent a lot of time there. But isn't it kind of ghetto in Colorado Springs? Uh, yes. And so it used to be like really re- like religious extremist. And then it's, it, people have just started moving there because they can't afford Denver. So it's actually... Parts of it are pretty nice. I was down there oh, to... Okay. Uh, when I had to get the first vaccination, I went down to Colorado Springs. And I'm like, wow, this place is way nicer than I remember. Uh, so, you know, I can't afford a castle in Colorado Springs. You know what? Fuck you, Mondo, for tearing down my fantasy world. Can you, can you afford a castle in Castle Rock? <laughs> no. Waka, waka, waka. Was a, that, good. Hold on, hold on. Yay, golf, golf clap, clap, golf clap. Uh, anyway, there, Desaad had a high turnover of employees as he kept hiring youngsters and domestics, only them, only for them to quit within a short time, complaining of the Marquis' sexual predation and mistreatment. When he, I'm sorry, when the, Parents of local boys and girls complained to the authorities. Desaad was forced to flee to Italy once more until things quieted down. He returned in 1776 and resumed his perversions. Finally, the authorities tricked Desaad in 1777 into going to Paris to visit his supposedly sick mother. Unbeknownst to him, she had actually died. Uh, get pranked, loser. Dummy. <laughs> Your mom's sick. I, I really, I, I really hope, I mean, I, I, this didn't happen, but in my, my imagining of this, like, he goes into her room, and, and she they, he, there's a figure, like, wrapped up in, in the deathbed, and he and he pulls the covers back. He's like, mother. And then it's just it's just one of the, the uh, police officers. And he's like, ah, you're under arrest. Say what you can about him being a sexual deviant. At least he cared for his mama. <laughs> Uh, that's that's you know, and that's probably where all of it started. To be honest, uh, there he was arrested and locked up in the dungeon of a royal fortress. He kept there in harsh conditions until eight, until 1784, when he was transferred to the Bastille, where he remained until transferred to a mental asylum. Two days before that, famous prison storming in 1789 kicked off the French Revolution. Yeah, they have Bastille Day. That's like their their um, you know July Fourth in France. Oh. Because, yeah, there was, there was a bunch of corruption, and they stormed the Bastille and broke everybody out. Including Desaad? Well, it sounds like he was transferred, so... Oh. Uh, Desaad was released in 1790 amidst France's revolutionary turmoil, taking to the new order he took to calling himself Citizen Saad, and within months got himself elected to the National <laughs> Convention as a representative of the far left. No, that's impossible. There, there could never be a politician that was a sexual deviant. That is not a thing that happens. Stop. Now this is clearly fiction. Yeah. He barely, he barely survived the reign of terror, during which he was imprisoned for a year, emerging from jail in 1794, utterly destitute. In 1801, Napoleon Bonaparte ordered his arrest for pornographic and blasphemous novels he had written a decade <laughs> earlier and had him imprisoned without trial in 1803. His family had him declared insane and transferred from prison to a mental asylum. There he continued writing and, and staged plays with inmates and act, as actors. All right. Wait, hold on. There's a lot to unpack there. First of all, I, I kind of forgot this was a thing. You know, back in the day before they had, uh, uh, you know, certainly before they had video cameras, but even before they had like, you know, photography and print photography, there were like porn novels. Nice. <laughs> where, <laughs> I've, I've never read one, but that would be kind of... Almost interesting. Well, think about it. there's there's a there's like the trashy romance novels. They're like the next closest thing. Like Fifty Shades of Grey has got to be in that category of just trash. Yeah, but like, what was this sick fuck writing about? Like, trash, I, sick sex stuff. I wonder. Yeah, I wonder if those novels are out there. Just just like a straight up porn novel where um you know I'm I'm trying I'm trying to to, to like draw a correlation. Like what what would be the equivalent of of uh, like like a porn hub but in novel form. 
a Pornhub and novel. Yeah, like a porn, like because, like a choose your own adventure of porn. I don't know. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Well, because, because, because here's the deal. Do I, you I, like big tits? Turn to page one ninety two, and then her big swollen, voluptuous breasts popped out of her shirt. It's gonna be like that, right? Do you do you stick the giant dildo in hole A or hole B? Ooh, or hole C? What's hole? I don't want to know. Oh, oh mouth. Yeah, yeah. Okay. JJ there's, there's three. What is, what is what is whole E? Probably ears. <sighs> okay, we're, we're sorry. We're we're traveling too far down <laughs> this line of. Th- See what you've done to us. Even now, Marky decide you're a bad influence. This, but the the second the second thing is this motherfucker was staging play like sex plays with prison inmates. Yeah. How does that conversation go? Well, it's the it's the beginning of like guys wearing uh, women's clothing, probably, and like, you know. But like, in you know what? I'm forgetting. These are French prisons. Uh huh. Maybe a little bit different mentality than what we're, we're we're used to in the the U.S. We've we've really, I think I think we we've probably taken uh, prison to a new level here. They're they're maybe a kinder, softer uh, version of prisoner. Probably not. Um. His writing career finally came to an end in 1809 when the police ordered Desaad kept in solitary confinement and deprived him of pen and paper. And that was the that was it for the article. Yeah, so he was basically the... Uh, he was like, if you think about it, he was kind of like a Hugh Hefner before Hugh Hefner. M- more of a Larry Flint. <laughs> okay, yeah. More of a Larry Flint. I'll give you that. Uh, except for Larry Flint got away with it for the most part. I mean, even though he's prosecuted and stuff, he didn't have to do jail time. Yeah, I mean, there there was a uh, there was there seems like there's like a line that Larry Flint sort of would wheel himself back and forth across in his little his wheelchair, and the Marquis de Sade was like, "Oh, there's the line. I'm running past that line, and now I'm on like the horizon, like far in the distance." I mean. Yeah, for as far as I know, Larry Flint never abducted someone off the street. That's that's the one that I'm just like, okay, uh, we don't know. Wait, okay. Marquis de Sade's 120 Days of Sodomy appears to be one of the works. He wrote a book called 120 Days of Sodomy. Pretty good. Monday, sodomy. Is that like 20, Tuesday? Is that sodomy? Is that like 28 <laughs> days later, but with sodomy? <laughs> sodomy. <laughs> he wakes up in the hospital. Why is my asshole sore? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus. That was it for Degenerate's History. Moving on to a little bit more current into the interwebs. Oh, fuck. By the way, just in case you guys are interested, available on Amazon, 100 Days of Sodomy, the market to decide, quote, classics erotica history. Jesus. Hey, it might be worth checking it out, dude. Maybe it's good. I wonder if it's on like the 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 uh, books app. Well, that, what a, dude, what a crazy world we live in. That, that's a new uh, that's a new uh, uh, segment we can do is uh, book reports with degenerates where we read like some fucked up book or novel and give a book report on it. I mean, we could also just read like a not fucked up novel. Okay, moving on to the newest stuff on the interwebs, the world of Reddit. We're gonna go to Ask Reddit. Reddit question number one. What's a positive example of boys will be boys? Do you have one? Kind of, sort of. A lot of times, like, like if I were to, when I was a kid, this is just me, like, when I was a kid, if I got into trouble, any kind of trouble, and it was just me doing it, like, like I'm in trouble, I'm in deep shit, and yet you get scolded, you know, we're, we're, we're disappointed in you, blah, blah, blah. But if I had, like, a... If I got into that same amount of trouble with like a neighbor or even like my little brother, I could do the same exact thing and be like, "Oh, okay, well they're just kind of, you know, boys will be boys." Like I remember like we couldn't we couldn't be out past a certain I think I think we had to be back at home when the street lights were on. Like when those things went on, time to go back home. But if I had my little brother with me or if they knew I was like hanging with certain dudes and just like getting into into shit like it'd be like okay they'd they'd give me a little more lee, leeway where otherwise I wouldn't be able to to do it basically just having 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 a partner in crime gave me like a like a hall pass to get into certain kinds of mischief is that a positive example yeah okay yeah because otherwise I would have see look we all need balance. I think I think kids, boys and girls, need balance. They need to get into a little bit of trouble. Like, yeah, you want them to get in, a, in you know, get good grades, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't have them shut indoors 
and and not let them go out and play and get dirty and do shit and get in trouble and you have to let them let us get in trouble and i think get, letting allowing allowing for for someone to be exposed to like a ball, a balanced lifestyle including including getting into trouble is uh positive Okay, you know what? Here, I've got one. I've got one that sort of piggybacks up what you're saying. And this is actually a story that my father told me. Not a real full story, but but he told me about his childhood. And, and I think it just speaks to the fact that, like, particularly young boys can entertain themselves in, like, really <laughs> any scenario. So he was telling me, he was like, yeah, like, when we were kids, there was this place we used to go. And, you know, there was, like, old furniture and stuff like that. And we'd, like, build these forts out of, like, old couches and, like, armchairs and stuff. And then we had, the you know, these games where you have to try to take over the other person's fort. I remember, like, thinking as a kid when he, he told me that. I'm like, man, that sounds like a lot of fun. Like, you get to build forts out of furniture and everything. And then it was only years later, for some reason, that that story popped into my head. And I was like, wait, you fuckers were playing in a dump. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, he just a bunch of like neighborhood kids just somehow found their way into a dump, and were were playing in old discarded trash and furniture. And but the way he told it, he was like, "This is the greatest thing ever! Like this was so fun! Like we had adventures and we yeah. had the whole." And I'm like, "Yo, you were playing in a dump." And it it, it takes, uh, I think, like young boys to have fun in a situation like that. I don't think many other people could. Yeah, and again. Would gave your dad the free pass or the hall pass to do so? Because if he was just think about it, if he's by himself, the likelihood of his folks like giving him shit or, you know, like, hey, you're in a dumpster, don't do this, you're by yourself. What are you doing, you fucking strange little kid? But when you're doing it in a group, you're like, okay, you're, you know, being a bunch of little shitheads together. At least you're not on your own. We got into trouble, but our our folks kept us pretty uh pretty much on lockdown. We didn't. <laughs> but if but if I had my little brother with me. We can do some shit, and it'd be like, oh, well, whatever. In fact, uh, maybe I'm revealing a little bit too much about our personal stuff here, but, like, like my folks my folks were okay with the idea that my brother was a stoner at a much younger age than me, who was, like, like I, I was supposed to not fuck up. But if I went with my brother and we got stoned together, it was, like, okay, <laughs> Well, they were like, see, like we tried to really be strict and like make him walk the straight and narrow. And clearly that didn't work. So, you know what? We give up. Well, yeah, again, with my, like I said, my brother, my brother and my sister got, had more liberties than I. So if I had my little brother with me, we can get into more shit than if I was. That's usually the way of it though, isn't it? From sibling dynamics. Unfortunately, yeah. Like the, like the oldest, you know, the oldest kids are usually held to higher standards and the youngest of the of the kids ends up getting away with murder and that's just kind of common. Wait, Hector killed someone? No, no, my my sister would have been the youngest. Oh, okay. Of the three of us. But that's just kind of how and then uh, and then looking at a big picture like like when your grandparents, your grandkids can fucking literally murder someone and your your grandkids are like they're still saints in your eyes. You know, my 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 dad let my my dad and mom let my niece and nephew get away with some shit that was like what the fuck? Like all right, cool, whatever. It is what it is. Let's see what Reddit Reddit has to say about that question. Uh, user SFK8486 writes, digging a hole at the beach with where a beach that everyone joins in on. I hate when they... Okay, so... Yeah, you've never done that? Yeah, but that's not really... Yeah, it's boys will be boys. Like I, I once... We, we used to... Not used to, but like a two, two, maybe three summers, we went to vacation in Maine. Uh, and the beaches in Maine very different from California. Like they're uh-huh. mostly rocks, uh, but there was this like really like long piece of driftwood that had washed up. You know, like long, long. Th- I don't know if it was a mast or something like that. And I so like as a little kid, I'm like, oh, clearly I need to dig a hole, and then I'll s- stick the piece of driftwood so it's like sticking up really tall. I was so proud of myself, and that kept me busy a whole afternoon. Good times. Yeah. User Atlas underscore Mornings writes, kept hearing loud smashing noises outside my window, followed by delighted sports game type screams. I went to see what the fuck was going on, and the frat house across the street has set up lawn chairs across from a house being demolished. Every time the demolition crew got a big chunk smashed, the guys would jump off their chairs, screaming and clapping. The demolition crew 
looked fucking delighted by attention that the guys stayed and watched the entire thing, cheering until the whole house was torn down. Genuinely one of my favorite college memories, LMAO. So basically a frat house was just partying and, and cheering a, a demo crew on. Okay. All right. Uh, last one I'll read. User High Intrepid Hero writes, My boyfriend's little brother and his friend got stuck in a tree because they were trying to see who could get the highest. <laughs> I don't know if that's positive. You know, it, you, it's not It's not negative. They're not really hurting anyone, maybe themselves, if they would have fallen off the tree. But Making the fire department feel useful. It's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, you know what? Across town, a family did burn to death in a fire, but that's fine, you know? It's just they had to see how high they could get in the tree. Yep. That's it for Reddit question number one. Reddit question number two. What is something you discovered about a cult, different culture or relig- religion that completely blew your mind? Again, you can go first. So um, my very first gig. So let's backtrack a little bit. When I was in college, I was a religious studies minor. And up until then, I was a raised Roman Catholic, more or less, but kind of like loosely Roman Catholic. So I went to college and became a religious studies minor, and it kind of opened the door, Pandora's box, of just kind of being able to accept uh, cultures and religions for what they are, not really be... Just just to know, Pandora's box was one of the chapters in the Mar- <laughs> Marquis de Sade's novels. <laughs> uh, anyhow, um, so my first gig out of college... He also had a chapter called The Burning Bush. So my first, <laughs> my first job out of college, I had a... Uh, a Muslim, um, she was the operations, I think she was an operations manager. I didn't know what the fuck her title was, but she was Muslim. And I, and I, I, I'm forgetting what times of day. I'm sure everyone that's Muslim is going to fucking yell at me for saying so. But there was a certain time of day where she would go into the back room where we kept all of our files and shit. And she would roll out a little carpet and she would like, I guess, pray and kneel in a certain direction facing Mecca or, or whatever. And she would do her thing. And we would like all kind of obviously we'd kind of just like give her, give her her space or like we wouldn't go and, and bug her like if some if the fucking roof was burning it was like oh let's go to the fucking office manager and have her deal with it it was like oh no she's doing her prayer thing like let's let her do her thing but it was it was a trip to see that for the first time firsthand and obviously also like in a professional setting which to me was kind of I I shouldn't. It it wasn't unusual. It was just unexpected. Like I was like, "Duh! It's somebody's religion. They're gonna do it when it's. They're gonna do it whenever they they have to do it, not when they are being told to do it or whatever." But it was it was kind of cool to see it to see her to see her do her her thing like live in front of me, and I was like, "Oh shit! It's kind of cool." Okay, that blew your mind. It did. Just just again, my entire life only exposed to one religion mm-hmm. and and one way of doing things and then seeing somebody else do it that wasn't like like learning about it in school is one thing and, and taking field trips to like mosques and all this other shit like and kind of sort sort of getting exposed to it a little bit was one thing but like seeing it being practiced and again it was kind of weird to me that it was like in a professional setting it was mm-hmm. like like someone's doing it in their private residence it was like someone was doing this at the place of of business at at work it was kind of Huh. Yeah, that makes sense. My, mine, was, I guess, was a little bit broader because I, I had almost no exposure to religion growing up, right? Went to a public school. So, like, unless you're in, like, Texas or Florida or whatnot, you don't you don't get a lot of religious exposure in public schools. And, uh, and like, my mom, I, I don't need to dive into her whole upbringing, but she was, she was, like, very, like, anti-religion. Like, to almost to the point of, like, it's dumb. Like, don't even, you know, ignore all that. So, yeah. it wasn't until I was much, much older that I, I even kind of under, started to understand like what like different religions believed. So <laughs> growing up, you know, I, I knew I'm like, oh, there's like Christianity and there's Judaism and there's, you know, uh, Islam. And I, I, I just assumed they had like wildly different beliefs. Right. Because, you know, I, I liked, I did like uh, Greek mythology and I'm yeah. like, yeah, there's like in Greek mythology, there's like all these different gods and like they have superpowers and they turn <laughs> into fucking animals and stuff. I'm like, it has to be like that wildly different. Yeah. And then I found out, I'm like, wait, so they all believe essentially the same thing. They're, they just disagree over exactly like how Jesus fit in. 
Yeah. And like one thinks he's a prophet and one thinks he's the son of God. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, yeah. that's it? That yeah. is the only, and, I, and I, I found this out like way later in life than you would expect. And my mind was legitimately blown. I'm like, wait, there's been like holy wars and crusades and like, there's all, but like, this is it? It's just this one fucking thing? Yeah. Are you, are you guys serious? Like, to, and I, I didn't even know that, that um, to, even to the point where it's like Judaism and uh, Christianity, like they use like the same religious text. It's just Christians are like, well, we just have like an update. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, to 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 add to your point, um, I also thought growing up, even though we were Catholic, we were told you're Catholic, you're Catholic, you're Catholic, and we've and I've and I heard the term Christian, and I just always assumed they were different things. Like, I I didn't. It wasn't again. It wasn't until a little bit older that I was like, oh wait, Christianity and Catholicism are the same fucking thing. They're the same thing. They're the same thing. Again, a couple little twists and. And the same thing with like, there's a bunch of different um, offshoots of Christianity. There's like the Baptists and the Methodists and the blah, 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 Lutherans and da, da, da. and all it is is just different interpretations of the smallest little details. It's all just kind of like, all right, idiots. It's all kind of the same shit, but just no, mine is more correct than yours. Yeah. <laughs> My interpretation is it's more like, more better. It's like the, Pro- <laughs> the Protestants are like very strict, and like the Catholics are vampires. <laughs> are, do they, are, do are, they drink blood? Yeah. Do you not? I don't drink blood. What's okay? Hold on. So what's communion? That's the body of Christ. And what's the what's the the wine is the blood of Christ. And do you drink it? I never drank the wine. I, do, I had do, the, do Catholics drink the wine, which is the blood of Christ? Yeah, yeah. That's fucking vampirism. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. I guess you could say. I, I guess you could say at one point I was part cannibal because I would eat the bread thing. Catholics are cannibals and vampires. Yeah. You guys heard it here first. But I, I don't. I, I mean, obviously, I'm. This is this is said glibly. But like again, like this stuff to me, where I was like, wait, you guys are all basically. It's it's you're all in the same book. You're just on slightly different pages. This is fucking nuts to yeah. me. Like I thought. I I thought like, uh, you know, it, it must be like you know, one religion believes in like aliens or gods, and they want to like come and and take over the world in spaceships. And then I was like, oh, that's Scientology. <laughs> So I give you know what I give Scientology credit for. They're like no 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 sc- screw these like nuanced sort of interpretations of essentially the same religion. We're gonna be way out there. There's there's aliens and there's thetans and like so you know what Scientology, uh, you are all fucking insane. But I give you points for creativity. Yeah, yeah. Just it, just because uh, you know. It's just a different genre. Like some of us are sci-fi and some of us are more medieval shit. So, you know, we need you know, some, these guys chose the sci-fi path. That's all it is. This is a little bit of a tangent, but you, so you know, they're, they're, they're like banning books from schools in Florida, right? Are they? Yeah. Like currently? You, no, that's like a thing that has happened. It's based on the fact that they're like, well, we can't have our children exposed to books with like sexual themes and stuff like that. So this, this one dude was like, okay, oh, you want it that you're going to, Put this as a law, cool. And he start he started uh, filing to have the the Bible banned in every school district because uh-huh. he's like, there's like rape and incest and like we can't expose our children to stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be successful, but it, it does speak to a little bit of the hypo- hypocrisy. But yeah, no, Florida and I think Texas as well. They're just straight up banning books now. The whole like Dr. Seuss name change, all that. Oh my God, I'm like, you guys are fucking ridiculous. That's actually my marketing plan. It's, it's, it's for me with with my book. Step one: I have to get these like injections and like some nerves burned in the back of my head so I can start writing again. So that's step one. Step two: finish the book, and then whenever it's published, I'm I'm go- guys. Don't don't tell anyone. This is look. This is a secret between us and our four listeners. It. I'm I'm going to submit my my own book to get banned in Florida. And they'll do it because it, it does have religious like a lot of religious themes. And then my book gets banned. And then I just send. Uh, info to like all these like different like papers you know in Colorado like oh local Colorado author gets banned in Florida yeah and then it's fucking on let's it's, go it's marketing it's instant marketing to be like it's it's an esteemed thing to be banned by Florida I, if if the exactly even if the book like didn't sell a single copy but I got banned in Florida I would I would make that time well spent it would be a badge of honor oh yeah. Some of the users on Reddit write, Glitter, user Glitter-Pompeii writes, Temple culture in Taiwan. The people mm. who run the temples and put on holiday performances performances for their respective gods are a community of lost boys and society's rejects. 
They have an unsavory reputation associated with petty crime and drug use. Each temple is basically a carny street gang with a folk religion theme. Cool. Uh, they take your real money in exchange for fake money, which you are supposed to burn so your ancestors ancestors have money in the afterlife. Insert, insert mandatory inflation joke. Sometimes the temples have rivalries and brawls break out between the devotees during religious festivals and competitions. That's when to, you know, like when, when in, in a lot of Japanese families, when somebody dies, they'll have like a little little shrine in their house to that person. And they'll even like when they're making a meal, they'll make like a small portion and put it on the shrine so their their deceased relative can like join in the meal. Well, we have like Dia de los Muertos, which is we kind of do our own version of the same thing. Usually there's like alcohol involved and like and like that's where like the sweetbreads and are like also the candies that are like really decorative. Like that's like, you know, I always thought that was the, one of the coolest things of our culture. User Airbag Piper writes, in Turkish, there's a so-called gossip tense, gossip tense in quotations, a specific kind of past tense that indicates that someone else told you this. Ah, so it's kind of like, it's kind of like, hey, this is what I heard. So it's not real fact, but someone else told me this bit of information. Uh, user the AutoZone writes, some cultures, your friends treat you on your birthday and other cultures, you treat your friends on your birthday. An example would be paying for a birthday dinner with friends. Huh. You know, like marriage is also kind of a, a, a culture thing that we don't, that used to be dowries. It used to be like, like the male would inherit stuff from the bride's family. Like, you know, some cultures would be like fucking animals, like cows and goats and sheep and fucking money and shit. What the hell? I want a dowry. If I'm going to marry a bride, I want a dowry. What do you think? Should I be a, should I, would it, if like I ended up dating a chick and she's of, uh, let's just say she was um, Indian. And what I mean Indian is like India proper. If she's Indian culture and her folks still like believe the old custom, the old ways of dowries and shit. Would you think it'd be like selfish of me to ask for like, hey man, don't like, I want five cows. Like, <laughs> You need to keep them in your apartment. Can I have them cooked or not, or just cut cut them up into meats, put them in the freezer so I can barbecue them and grill them later? Oh wait, but we can't do that with cows because they they think cows no, they're are sacred. sacred. You motherfucker! Shit. You know what? You I know what? The up. marriage is off. Yep. I, I don't give you my daughter's hand in marriage anymore. Oh, I fucked up. You frit, you heathen. Have you ever? By the way, have you ever seen the movie The Big Sick? The Big Sick is that the one with Camille Nanjani? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have seen it. I have seen it like three or four times. Excellent movie. That's Pakistan, not uh, Indian, but they do get into a lot of their sort of like marriage customs. That movie was really, really excellent. I just read the screenplay the other night, and the screenplay actually held up just just sitting there reading it without even seeing it acted. Pretty good. Pretty good. And new on Netflix, we have The Big Sick. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so that's it for Reddit. <laughs> Question number two, and that's it for Reddit, the segment. We are now going to move on to. <laughs> so, I, so I was texting Aaron. That, that, that's a very inventive name for a segment. How yeah. did you come up with that? So I was texting Aaron one day. I forget what I was doing. I think I was watching a UFC fight or something and drinking, and I was having a good old time. And I think it was Christian Bollocker that called me, or maybe Eric Leiser. One of one of our our. Uh, our Lancer brothers called me, and, and and me and this person had a had a good conversation back and forth, and we were recounting old stories of back in our old college days. And I thought that'd be kind of a cool little segment for us to tell degenerate tales of back in our old college days of things that we got into trouble, blah 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 blah. So I I kind of I texted Aaron, I was like, hey, what do you think about this as a segment idea, us retelling old stupid shit we did? And he's like, hey, yeah. so. We're going to take this opportunity to... I think what I actually said was, I have a finite number of college stories, and I've told most of them on the podcast already, but sure, let's try it. Yeah, but you're going to have to help me with this one, because we're going to retell the story of Grand Theft Palm Frond, because I don't think we retold that story in its like entirety, if you will. We told, In an early episode, we did tell it, but that's fine. Did we? Yeah. I don't think we told it like in... That's okay. We can, we can do it again. Sure. Grand Theft Palm Frond. So, we're a member of a fraternity at Whittier College. 
technically a society. Society, but it's a fraternity, but it's a local one. It's not like one of them nationals with the Greek letters and all the fancy shit. Anyway, we had we have a couple of big parties. One of the big parties that we did uh, annually was called Monokai. And back in the 80s, 90s, this thing was in Playboy uh, magazine as like the top 10 college parties of all time, blah, 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 blah. And now it's like a boring Thursday for like a normal fraternity. But yeah, back in the 80s before fraternities yeah. had figured out how to throw parties, this was a big deal. So it was a big deal, and especially because Weird College has always been kind of uh, Quaker influence. So they're, I hate to say it, but they're a little... A little too nose up in the air, a little too goody goody. They don't want to get into trouble. It's it's all you know religious kind of like be be good, goody goody. And, and levels of partying, you have like like there was like the pilgrims, then you have like the Mormons, the Quakers, and then you get like all on the top of the list. You have these f- crazy Catholics and their vampirism and yeah. cannibalism. Yeah. So we had this party called Monokai that was Hawaiian themed, and uh, we used to use this. When Aaron and I went to school, we used to use this uh, this parking garage that was basically underground for the back, lack of a better term. And we would set up sand inside the parking garage. We would deck it out. The entire sides of the walls were decked with palm fronds that we would <laughs> – we'll get into that part of the story. Um, we'd have like tiki torches and we'd have uh, – we'd have like uh, – I don't know uh, – percussion bands that played like tropical music and DJs and all the whole night. It, it was like we'd send out a request, like, can we find the worst reggae band in the greater Los Angeles area and pay them no money? Yes, we shall do this. And we shall bring them into a poorly lit parking garage with a stage that is approximately three inches off of the ground. Yeah. And they will play terrible music and drunken co-eds shall dance in front of them. Thus it has been said. So yeah, so the the big the big thing of it was it was once a year it was a, it was the biggest party on campus. Everybody would get loaded before, beforehand because alcohol was not being served at this event. Uh, people would show up in swim trunks, swim gear, tropical gear, chicks in you know bikinis and all that bullshit. But but yeah, the the key the key part of this whole description was that the walls would be decorated. Yes, completely. Covered in palm fronds. So, so, so part of part of hosting a party of this magnitude is all the behind the scenes shit that most people aren't really privy to. Don't really have any. They just show up to the party, have a good time, go go away. So, so, Mondo, where would these palm fronds come from? Like a like your you know around the corner palm frond distributor? No, no. <laughs> we would we would it, different sources, different years, di- different times. Different states. Sometimes we would have somebody that would sponsor and give us a bunch of palm fronds to use. And some years we weren't so fortunate where we had to go get our own. And on this particular year, we had to go get our own. Where did we decide to get some? Hmm. Some of us dumb college guys had the bright idea of like, hey, well, I think I saw a bunch of palm fronds over here in this random street off of Beverly and blah, blah, blah. Well, so, so I... I think it was actually less than that. Like one of the alums, if I recall, told us like, oh yeah, we used to get them from the reservoir. There was this big reservoir and it wasn't a residential neighborhood, Yeah. but there wasn't, it wasn't like we were stealing stuff out of people's lawns. And I remember thinking like, oh yeah, like this will be fine. Like they've done it before. This is, you know, the, the city is actually involved in Monokai, like in, in, in loosely, like, so this, this will be no problem. Like this is just part of the, yeah. the the deal. We're we're fine. We're we. I mean, and when I say fine, we did go dead ass in the middle of the night. Yeah. So like we we clearly knew. Yeah, we were we were, were like we're not supposed to really do this, but it's not that big of a deal, or so it, we thought. It, we we we. I think that the mentality we we kind of had was like better ask for forgiveness than for permission kind of thing. Like let's just do it, and we're not going to get in trouble because we've never gotten in trouble in the past. Let's just go get all these palm prawns from this this unmarked, un like, un, uh, undeveloped part of Whittier, and get all these palm fronds, and we'll, we'll be we'll be fine. Little did we know what had happened. So what we did is we rented like a big old Penske or Ryder or or one of them big fucking uh, U-Haul trucks, and we would go in teams. We had separated ourselves in squads of like we had I don't know I think we were maybe twelve actives at that time. I don't I don't know how many we were, but we would separate ourselves in, into into like unit. Unit squad one, squad two, squad three. And so we did and what we did is like squad one would go, take the U-Haul, cut all the palm fronds, and then squad B would go with the U-Haul truck, fill up the palm fronds, 
leave squad A there to continue cutting the palm fronds while squad B went and delivered the palm fronds and then had them unloaded at the place we were supposed to go set them up. Well, this wasn't too far from... I think what happened was the the, the, the people that held the Monokai in the past, Whittier wasn't as developed as it was when we started doing it. So that part was like uninhabited or maybe there's only a couple neighbors, a couple residents. But by the time we got around to doing it, there was a lot of houses there and a lot of nice houses. So I'm sure that one of the neighbors saw this, uh, you know, big old U-Haul truck with a bunch of guys wearing like dark clothing cause, <laughs> and hauling all these palm fronds in the back of the... So it looks suspicious. They call the cops. Cops showed up. Yeah, You know, and in, in hindsight... If we were way smarter, we would have just we'd just put up some like fake like city signs and pretended we were were city workers or something. We we could have disguised that all much better, but yeah, we just didn't think we were gonna get in trouble. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you really wanted to go low budget, you could have even just bought like I guess paper that looked like palm fronds and put that around the. But we no. were like, no, we want to do the full legit authentic palm fronds. We've done it before. You needed the real-life palm fronds to make that subtle transition from, like, underground rape dungeon to fun party atmosphere. Yeah. It really it really added that little extra oomph to the ambiance. Yeah. So, uh, I believe it was uh, Aaron, Christian Bollocker, who are the other two? Lawrence. Lawrence Franklin. And and uh, Christian Barron. And Christian. So, both Christians. Okay. <laughs> so, those four guys. Oh, I forget. Yeah, you weren't there, were you? No, I was still at home base. I was doing mm. all. I was. I was. Do, do you want me to? Do you want me to tell this part? Sure. Because sure. I, I was. I was indeed present. All right. So so yeah, we're we're there. We've got uh, we we've got, you know, little like clippers, and we've got these big palm frond cutters. So it's like basically like a sickle blade at the end of a long pole, and you can pull a string, and it'll kind of cut the the palm fronds off. Because you know some of them are, are high off the ground, and we're just we're just working away in the dead of night in the, uh, by this abandoned reservoir when this. Whittier police squad car comes like full, like lights on, like blaring up, like skids to a stop. We're just like, wow, what the fuck's going on? Like, I get maybe someone had a heart attack. I, yeah, I literally when it happened, I, it, I, it took me a second. I'm like, oh no, wait, they're here for us. Yeah, and like <laughs> this, this it was this one young uh, police officer. Officer Goodman, who, who was who was his name was Officer Goodman. He was Hispanic though. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess in all the tellings, you didn't realize that. You just assumed no, no. you're like, no, 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 no. This young Hispanic guy, and th- he was so excited. Like this was his big bust. Like he he draws on us for one. He drew his gun out. Yeah, like I don't think he pointed at us, but like he pulled it. And we're just I'm just I remember thinking like, uh, what is happening? He's like everyone like on the ground, on the ground, and. <laughs> to his credit, Lawrence did not hesitate. Lawrence was just flat on the ground, like, like uh, you ever seen those like cartoons where the, there's like just a smoke cloud from where they used to be. Uh-huh. That's how quick he got on the ground. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm just like looking at him, like, dude, is this guy serious? And and then he's like, get on the ground. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess he's serious. So by the way, just because it adds a little spice to the story you're telling, Lawrence Franklin is an African American fellow, so he was like, oh, I know what I'm supposed to do here. <laughs> his, his full name, if I recall, is Lawrence Tolliver Franklin. Okay, so that's that's just a, that that is a, a no. That's a, that's a, a especially black name. The, okay, <laughs> all right. Yeah. What? Okay, I was I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to support your your tradition. Sure. So continue with your story. He he hides. Uh, Cops get there. They draw their you, guns. You know what? Let's what's let's while while we're on the subject, let's just let's just cover all the ethnicities because it doesn't play into play later. Sure. Uh, I I am I'm white. Uh, Christian Bollocker is possibly even whiter than I am. If yeah, that, if he's that's like, like, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible, but yeah. And then, and then Christian Barron was was he's, he's what, half Mexican, he's, half. He's fair skinned, but I think he's full Mexican. I think he's okay. just fair, fair skinned. So, so anyway, we're like, we're we're like on the ground. This guy's like p- pacing back and forth. He go he goes back to his squad car. He's calling like, I need backup. Like we've yeah, <laughs> we've, there's there's a theft in progress. Like I've ap- I've apprehended the and he apprehended I mean, the suspects. Oh my god, he's so excited. And we're just like sitting here, like, is this all real? And then then comes this awkward moment where we're like we're just like laying on the pavement. He's waiting for his backup to come, and he doesn't know what to do. So he starts like pacing around. He's like, uh, do, "Do you know? Uh, do you even know what you're stealing?" And we're like, "Palm fronds." He's like, "Yeah, but but what species?" <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, and we're like, uh, "We don't 
know what species of pomp fronds. And I think, I swear to God, he made something up. I can't remember what he said. And I just remember thinking, bullshit, you don't, yeah, <laughs> you don't know yeah, what he, species yeah, yeah, this yeah. is. And then, and then, you know, he's pacing more. He's, and he starts like looking, you know, he's t- taking all of her names down. And he gets to Christian Baron and, he go, and Christian goes, yeah, Christian Baron. And he's kind of like looking at him and he's like, are you sure that's not Christian Baron? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, no, I'm right because I'm the cop, and you're wrong. You don't know your own last name. Well, and he just used, I mean, like, he, I think he may have even rolled the R. I can't I can't do the full... Baron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and just, like, overemphasize it, and Christian's just looking. He's like, no, no, it's it's Christian Baron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty, pretty sure I know my, uh, know my own name, Officer Goodman. He didn't say that, but... Yeah. Um, and then he, he's, he's, he's uh, oh, and I remember when we first got on the ground, he, he asked us, he's like, so do you have weapons? And we're like, no. And he's like, no weapons? And I'm like, what? And I was, I, I really need, needed to keep my mouth shut a little bit more during this whole interaction, but I'm like, yep, just these palm front cutters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the, the most infamous line for me of the whole night was like right before the, the backup comes, He's he's just he's just kind of looking, you know, because we've got a, a huge pile of them in the back of this moving truck, and he's looking at them, and he's looking back at us, he's looking at the the palm fronds, he looks back at us, and he's like, "Boys, I don't know what the going street rate for palm fronds is, <laughs> but you might be looking at grand theft." Just <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck, the street. This this is not like like pure heroin, buddy. This yeah. is this isn't uh, cocaine. This it's is, fucking palm fronds. There, there is no there is no black market for palm fronds, unfortunately. <laughs> you, just, you just go into a back alley in Pico Rivera, and they've just got all these like palm fronds under a tarp. Yo, yo, can I buy a kilo of palm fronds, bro? <laughs> Um, so, so finally the, the backup shows up, right? There are older officers and they just, we, we didn't learn how much of a tool bag this dude was until later. And, and just, just to uh, flash forward, somebody saw officer Goodman on an episode of cops. Yeah. yeah. There was an episode of cops many years later in Whittier. He wasn't involved in it at all. Like he wasn't in the squad car that they were filming and he just sort of like showed up and was walking around in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Because he, he wanted to be on TV, like this is this this guy yeah. clearly signed up to be a cop because he's like I will be a hero yeah. to the world, and then you know he's he's busting college kids on the prom fronts. So these two older officers show up just looking with the they have this like what the fuck am I doing here look? Yeah, and yeah, like like he goes over to them, he's all excited, he's like yeah I apprehended them. Uh, they they say they're they're stealing all this stuff for a party. And this this older you know officer like gray mustache is just like rolling his eyes before he probably okay put it this way he probably the cop probably no, knows ma- 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 st- st- let me finish okay <laughs> you, you, so officer Goodman goes over to him and says they say it's for this this party and and uh, yeah and this this older cop just like looks at him and goes yeah it's called Monokai they do it every year yeah so the cop knew about it yeah oh yeah like and he was just like dude what. And, and and in hindsight, he was just like, "You fucking asshole! You know how much paperwork you just made for us?" Yeah, yeah. So, so that that was sort of the end of it. Those you guys cops, get you guys get booked. We, we did not get. Bo- they gave us like a, a citation. Oh, okay. And so, because yeah, we didn't have to go to jail or anything. So meanwhile, they meanwhile- just they just impound the truck. So all of our palm fronds are gone. Yeah. They 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 take the truck. They're just like, don't cut any more palm fronds down in the middle of the night and send us on our way. So. Meanwhile, that's happening back on home base. The the rest of us are like setting up like uh, two by fours around like basically the two by fours are what what holds up the palm fronds. Basically, the structure, the framework, if you will, for the walls and the floor and all this where the sand is going. So the rest of us are doing like some of the other labor stuff back at the back at the garage. And after like an hour or two, we're like, where are these guys? We start calling them and calling each guy's different uh, cell phone number or whatever, beeper. I don't know what the fuck we had back then, but we're trying to get a hold of this group and no one's answering, no one's returning the car. We're like, we're, we're kind of worried. All I remember from, from, from our perspective is these guys getting there. I don't know how they get there, but they're all dirty. They all look like bummed, depressed. And we're like, what? Like we're kind of, we're kind of upset at them for not like picking up the phone we're like what where were you fucks what's going on and if, then, if we had reached for a phone we would have literally gotten shot by officer good <laughs> yeah <laughs> so these guys start recounting what had happened and we're like what the fuck we couldn't believe it that all this shit had happened 
These guys are, and you know what? The whole time we're stressing, we're sweating. We were really like the the group that was picking up the palm fronts. It's not like it was like light, intense. It was heavy yard work, is what it was. These palm fronts weren't light. The rest of us were doing heavy, sweaty, intensive stuff. We were up till like, if I recall correctly, we were up till like two in the morning or so, tired as fuck. Everyone kind of scattered, went their own way. And Christian Bollocker, one of the people that got cited, and, and myself, like decided to just pass out in the parking garage. We're like, "Fuck, we gotta, we gotta be at Home Depot at six o'clock in the morning, like a few hours. We may as well just fall asleep here, crash for a few hours, wake up, and go do the rest of our work." Fast forward, we have a Mona Kai goes out without a hitch. It's a fucking awesome. Well, well he, no, the, the, this is the part where I was most frustrated because we like. If you recall, we had palm fronds for that Monokai, lots yeah. of them. Yeah. Do you know how we got them? Uh, the school, would your college gave us some, didn't I, they? I, no, yeah, I just went to one of the maintenance guys and was like, hey, like we, we almost got arrested for taking palm fronds. Like, do you know where I can get any? And he's like, oh, sure. Like, we, we prune the palm fronds on campus all the time. I'll just go cut a bunch of them for you. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Our alumni are fucking dumbasses. <laughs> Like, yeah. Why did we listen to them? We could have maintenance would have done all this work for us. So that's where they came from. Maintenance just cut down a bunch of them and delivered them for us. So uh, we made do with everything we had. We had a a, a good time. Monokai went awesome. Was it that very Monokai that Goodman had to work the party? Or was it like an erotic city? No, that or was that was erotic city. It was a different later. party. Anyway, so that was that was almost that's almost the end of that story. Oh, there's a lot more to that story. Where, where do you want to pick up? Well. There's two. There's two kind of epilogues. First is we we all got summons to go to court. Okay, so yeah, I remember that. So before you get to that part, party's over. We have to take some of this these this Hawaiian uh, themed tiki themed decorations back to a store where we normally buy or rent all of our stuff called uh, Oceanic Arts. That's in the city of Whittier. It's not there anymore. I think they went out of business. So I forget who. I think it may have been Christian Bollocker, myself, and a couple other guys were like taking back all the shit back to the store and. I was wearing a Monokai shirt or a Lancer shirt or something, and I think Bollocker was too. We're walking in, taking all the stuff back to the store, and one older gentleman notices the shirt. He's like, hey, are you guys Lancers? And we're like, yeah. He's like, Lancers from Woodyard College? Like, yeah. Like, oh, I was a Lancer. Like, really? So we exchanged information and, and started telling, telling the story of Grand Theft Palm Front about how, like, our, our guys just got in trouble two nights ago or whatever from fucking whatever. And he's like, so he took our name and number and he's like, he's like, oh, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna look into it for you guys. Like, I, I, I'll, I'll see if I, what I can do. I'll, I'll keep in touch with you guys. So we didn't know if he was like connected, connected, or if he was full of shit. We didn't know <laughs> who this guy was. I think he was an attorney of some kind, and um, I'm forgetting his name. Fast forward, you guys get summons to, uh, to go to go do your court date. Yeah, well, so, so none of this was communicated to us. I didn't know that anyone was looking into anything for us. All I know is during the summer, we, we all individually got summons and we had to show up in, I can't remember what month it was, you know, like July, August. And uh, so it's like people had to come in from, from all over. Like yeah. Christian had to come in from Colorado. Like we all we all meet up, you know, we're... I, I was definitely a little nervous. I'm like, oh, fuck. We're like, I, I, at the time, the whole Grand Theft front thing was funny yeah and now you're like fuck i have to go in front of a judge this could be some serious shit oh yeah and we're, we're all dressed up we're wearing like jackets and, and shirts and ties and everything and you know you know it says on the summons like what our time is and we so we go into the court and there's like this initial check place uh and they're like and and we're trying to like check in and by the way you know this was like maybe 11 o'clock in the the morning at the whittier court uh, we were the best dressed people by far. Yeah, <laughs> this this was a rough uh, looking group of uh, individuals that are waiting for these court dates. There were certainly some wife beaters. I think a couple uh, grills were involved, and we're just, just us, us four, you know, four college guys, just like, oh. yeah, <laughs> we're gonna go in. So so we go we go to check in, and they're like, oh, that's uh, we don't we don't have this case on file. And I'm, we're like looking, you know, and they look at our, our summons and they're like, no, it definitely says that you're supposed to be here. Uh, you need to go to the county clerk's office. Like they'll have the record there. And so it's in the same, same building. So we're like, we're like, okay, all right. So we like, you know, we shuffle through the, the building. We find our way to the county clerk's office. We give them the summons and like they go back and they're like, they're looking through all the records and like, I don't know. I'm getting kind of nervous, but also hopeful. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And they, but they come back and they're like, this is weird. We can't find any record of this either. 
you, you need to go to the Whittier PD. This is this is where this yeah. was filed. They're the ones that cited get made so, that. They'll definitely have it. Yeah. So we're like. And remember, so we have to go out of the, the the courthouse, and we have this like little like powwow <laughs> before we go over to the police station. We're like, do we really want to do this? Like, do we want to walk into the Whittier PD and be like, "Hey guys, you remember? <laughs> remember us, <laughs> dumb fucks? Uh, could you could you get the paperwork so we, we, you know we can go to court?" Yeah, and we're like, "No, we, we have to. Like, we don't want to. We don't want warrants out for arrest for over palm fronts." Yeah. So we go into. Uh, Whittier PD, and we're at the front desk, and we we hand over you know this the summons, and they're like they, they go back like into the back. They're gone for a while, and I'm just like, oh fuck, like what is what is happening right now? <laughs> yeah. And they finally finally after it was it must have been like 20 30 minutes. This, this lady at the front desk comes back. She's like, you know, this is the weirdest thing. I don't have any record of this either. And we're just all looking at each other, and I'm like, all right, like. Like the courtroom, the county clerk's office, and the Whittier PD have no record of any of this. I think we're in the clear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're just like okay, and we just bounce out, and and yeah, we didn't we didn't know at any of this stuff about someone well, intervening. Well, Bollocker did because Bollocker was one of the guys that helped re- me return Th- all that. Then stuff. he forgot to mention it. He forgot to mention it to you guys for sure. Then, so yeah, uh, was there anything more to that? Yes. Okay. There's epilogue number two. Okay. Um. So this was in the summer. Fast forward to to the fo- the following fall, and this is when like we've you know we've got a a small house in a residential neighborhood, very close to 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 Whittier, and like, across the street from the school, basically. Yeah, I mean, and we're and we're having like our first. I think it was our first real party. You know, it's 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 going pretty well, but I kind of get to the point where I'm like I'm like yeah, this is probably uh, time to try to send everyone home. Yeah, it's getting late. It's still loud and. I can't remember if there was either a cop car down the street or I might have just called. And I, you know what? Let's say I called for the purpose of the story. I called the police on our own party and just was like, I was just like, hey, I just want to let you know, like, there, there is a, there's a, you know, party at this address. Like, I'm going to be sending home people. But if there's a car in the area and you want to, like, help, help us, yeah, help us get these dumb college kids out of our house before it's an issue and you have to come, that'd be great. And they were like, thrilled they're like so yeah. nice they're like oh yeah no problem there's like a, a car down the street like we'll send them over these these two cops show up in a great mood they're like so happy they're like hey this looks great this looks like the type of party i attended when i was in college like so jovial and then enter a very 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 drunk christian bollocker <laughs> and like if you can picture this is all if you there, there's like a you know a small driveway just to the right of the house and and there's uh like apartment buildings a little bit farther on there's people in the apartment buildings looking on the officers are about to make their way into our backyard via the driveway and that's when he they are intercepted uh, by christian bollocker and he's like hey 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 <laughs> i'm just like try, and i'm trying to shush him i'm like I'm like, dude, no, it's fine. It's fine. Stop. Leave it. And he's like, no, no, no. I got something to say to these guys. And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, Christian. <laughs> and and they, they find this hilarious. And they're like, no, let him talk. I got to hear this. And he's like, he's like, hey, do you guys know Officer Goodman? <laughs> and there's there's this like moment of heaven hesitancy. They're like, yeah. We know him. Why? Because I think they're like, what did this fucking idiot do? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and 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 Christian and just just peak drunk Christian form is like, well, there was this little incident with some palm fronds, <laughs> and their faces light up like a kid at a birthday party. They're like, oh, you're the palm frond guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was like they were meeting a local celebrity for the first time. Yeah, and Christian's like, yeah, that's us, and they're like. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> that's great! You're the pond front guns, and Christian's like, please, please tell me you fucked with them after that. And they were like, they're like, okay, we were trying to figure out how to steal the truck out of impound and park it on the front lawn of the police, <laughs> the police department. <laughs> and he's like, but we, what they, we actually did was we just made like hundreds and hundreds of printouts of palm fronds and we posted them all over the precinct. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when he came in, there's just palm fronds everywhere. And um, they, they did not arrest us. Uh, Christian <laughs> did not verbally assault them. And then, uh, yeah, they did, they did send everybody on their way. And, and that was, that was the final epilogue of uh, Grand Theft Front. Yeah. 
And that was the story. Yeah, I just wanted to 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 uh to address that yeah, that was it was strange coincidence that the day we were taking everything back, we bump into a Lancer alumni who literally literally took care of it for us and never like I I'm sure we tried to reach out to him afterwards we, and like we think we don't we no, don't know no, the I, real, I, do we yeah I'm, I'm I'm positive we one of us would have made an attempt to like go up, reach out to him and thank him at least because it literally just it was erased off the record and there was no way that that guy did not have something to do with it I, I mean there's I, no I, way I think it's all it is possible that the the actual like non dickhead officers were like dude like no we're not yeah yeah we don't want to write this is too much paper this is bullshit you're a fucking idiot. Goodman, and yeah. and it's like it's just this this makes everybody look bad. Yeah, like we're gonna just pretend this didn't happen. Tax dollars to to fucking collect some fucking vegetation, you fucking douchebag. Anyway, I, I wonder what they did do with all the palm fronds. There's a whole tr- <laughs> fucking truck full. They probably had a party themselves, a little mini Monokai. <laughs> they used our palm fronds to have a party it, themselves. It would have been amazing if they'd taken the actual palm fronds from the truck and put them around the the winter PT. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it for the uh, our, our inaugural uh, edition uh, of Degenerate Tales. Um, that was it for the podcast. Do you have anything else to add before we wrap it up? No, no. Neither do I. Uh, thank you guys for watching. You know what Thanks. I do? I do oh. You know, wherever wherever you're out there, shout out to Officer Goodman. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're a hero to no one. <laughs> seriously, seriously, dude. You you uh, to sh- shame on you, sir. Shame. Anyway, thanks for uh, joining. Thanks for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, We'll see you guys in a week. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.